0: And Welcome to another episode of Memo by Gaia Legal, a podcast dedicated to life, the law, and living in better agreement with the earth. In today's episode, we are going to shift gears and talk about charity in a way um, that references what has been given to us in our lives from God, universe, source, the force, whatever you want to call it. What have we come into with in this life? And then what experiences, strengths, And interest do we have? How do we mix all that together to get into first agreement with ourselves? Who are we as people? And then once we find that, how to get in better agreement with our families and our communities and our service to the communities in the form of business creation. So today's episode, I am going to start by just sharing a simple psychological background that you can use to assess who you are as a person. There are many, many psychological tests. And over the years, I've taken many, but I just want to keep this focus on number one, the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Where did that come from? And the actual theoretical foundation of the MBTI, 16 personalities, which is based on the work of Carl Jung. And Carl Jung was very much into astrology. So when we think about the MBTI, we know, oh, I'm an INFJ or an INFP or whatever you are, um, that is rooted in, in astrological archetypes. So being the lawyer historian that I am, we just need to go to the primary source. And over time, I realized that you um, can transcend the 16 personality types. You can become introverted, extroverted, on demand when you need to be according to the situation. And once you transcend those archetypes uh, the MBTI indicator, you're not just one of 16 types. You can be any of the 16 types anytime you choose then you realize like, there is a set point. There is a type or a place where I feel at rest, at equilibrium. And for myself, I discovered, oh, that's my natal chart because that's where all of this is arising anyway. So that's what we're going to start with today. And then just going over how we can infuse that into our businesses. And then over the next few episodes, I'm just talking about how to use the specific archetypes and how to draw that out into your business marketing branding, starting with the ascendant, the sun, the moon, and so on and so forth with all of the planets. And these are just archetypal in nature. What is archetype? It's a symbol. It's a way of explaining something in short form. So when we talk about Saturn, okay, one of my favorite planets, Saturn. Um, What does Saturn mean? Well, if you study astrology, Saturn means a whole host of things. It's kind of like AI, human AI. Um, When we say Saturn and we know the language of astrology, we understand what that means in many different directions. And I could walk outside today and talk to another astrologer and be like, oh, that's very Saturn. And they would know exactly what I'm talking about without me having to explain everything. So let's begin with 16personalities.com. This is the modern, um, more public-friendly, accessible version of astrology. A lot of people start here. Most everybody has heard of the MBTI or knows or 16 personality types. What I think is fun is sometimes you can just like, for example, Game of Thrones, MBTI. I've been into the Game of Thrones music recently, again, and they have for example, let's just the images. It's easier, so you can see. Oh, what's my MBTI? What's my character in Game of Thrones? So, like INFJ. Oh, Daenerys. Which my initial type was INFJ. I've moved and shifted throughout the years. I've gone from INFJ to INFP to ENFJ to ENFP. Basically, in this uh, in this zone here, I'm not an S at all. So none of those. Um, and then. Um, a lot of my friends actually are in these categories: INTJ, INTP, ENTJ, ENTP. So I come very intuitive, and I remember there's a test. I don't know if it's 16 personalities or not, but you can actually test the percentage um, that you are. So I remember for like the I, the extrovert, introvert, the thinking, uh, judging, or thinking. No. For the introvert, extrovert, the feeling, thinking, and the judging, perceiving, wow. Those, I was like pretty much halfway. And then for the intuitive, I was like 80 90%. And I, I like to keep it that way. So here um, we have, you can look up for any, you can do Harry Potter, you can do whatever movies, I'm sure they have it, or a, or our series. So here we go. <laughs> it's really pretty god, I'm ready to talk. So here we go, 16personalities.com. You can take the test. So many people have done this. And you go through the questions and they will go through um, your type. And then you can go, okay, I'm the advocate. So this is my primary type, INFJ. And they give you strengths and weaknesses, how you are in relationships, workplace habits, career paths, etc. So this was very helpful for me at the beginning to, um, when I was doing a career change to understand, like, what are my strengths and weaknesses? And just as a side note, while we're at it, um, some other tests that I took, Colby A. So these are your strengths. You have to pay for this Colby A index. This was the one that actually got me going to law school because I didn't realize how uh, strategic I was. And then when I took the Colby A, I was like, you know, actually I'm really strategic. And then I was thinking about um, my past job and how I really enjoyed like writing curriculum and creating policies like, oh, that's a very law school thing to do, which this was the start of me going to law school. Another one um, that I took, this is good for working with people. So disk assessment, disk profile, just another deepen your understanding of yourself and others. But this I did really for teamwork and how I work with other people. And you have the different personalities here, D-I-S-C. That's one. Another one that I think is I took early on in my career was Strengths Finder. And this one, you can, there's a book that goes with it. Let me see. A uh, listing of the different strengths 2.0. Right here. So you can go through the different strengths and place people, like it says, in the best roles. So here you have executing strengths, influencing strengths, relationship building strengths, strategic thinking, and then here are all the strengths that are involved. So you have um achiever, activator, adaptable, analytical. And this has actually really helped me uh work better in teams. And I forget my strengths, but I remember. The key for me was, again, like it's very strategic and then also being able to look at the past and form the future. So I had like a past orientation, but I also have future orientation, which was interesting. Oh, here. Yeah. Context was one. I was relational, context, strategic, futuristic, and then not ideation. Oh, learner. That was the other one. Oh, and I think I was responsibility at some point. You're always dependable, always deliver on your promises, so and so forth. Going back to the MBTI, the MBTI is where they come from. Um, two American women, Isabel Briggs Myers and her mother Katherine Cook Briggs, set out to find an easier way for people to use Carl Jung's ideas in everyday life. So, who's Carl Jung? Let's go back to the top. Swiss psychiatrist Carl G. Jung who wrote. That what appears to be random behavior is actually the result of differences in the way people refer to use their mental capacities. So, our energy, that's how I usually refer to it. What energy are we carrying? How does it interact with other people? He observed that people generally engage in one of two uh, mental functions. They either take infor- in information, which they call perceiving, or they organize the information and come to conclusions, which he called judging. Which within these two, John saw people preferring to perform that function in one of two ways. They are called preferences. So we all have different preferences. Um, we take information to make decisions. Some people to do more taking in, perceiving. Some prefer to do more decision making, judging. And then each person seems to be energized more by either the external world or the internal world. So extroverted or introverted. What Young called a person's psychological type consists of his or her preference in each category. So I am a very strong introvert, even though when I took this and I shared this with people on my team, they're like, really, you're an introvert. You seem so extroverted. But no, like at the end of the day, I need my downtime. Like I need to recharge in a very significant way. And when I am extroverted, I I have a short shelf life. When it comes to extroversion, I need to like be very extroverted and then exit. And then Be by myself for eight hours or whatever. Um, it's just I've learned over time how to get gather the strength to do that. So that's the Myers briggs and, and this is from younggeinsitter.org, young on astrology. I'm not gonna go through all of this. I'm just showing you that this is here, available for your own research. He does have works and quotes on this and I just want to cover here his understanding of astrology more than just defining astrology as art technique or science he recognized that astrology provides a psychological description of character references here if you want to see um a psychological description of character this was 19 so let's go to 19. okay so the references are there So CW, Collected Works, right here. So Collected Works of Carl Jung, you can go to the primary source, psychological description of character with the planets corresponding to the individual character components. He felt that the horoscope is the chronometric equivalent of individual character through all the characterological components of the personality, and that a person's natal chart could provide insights into what the patient's soul intended for her to achieve. The natal chart, in other words, is like a mandala of the soul's plan for this incarnation. And so really, when you think about the different astrological archetypes, they all, when you go through it all, you realize that it does encompass the entirety of the human experience. And then the astrological archetypes, as depicted in visual format in the tarot, um, because the tarot was drawn, at least the Rider-Waite-Smith, um, very common tarot deck was drawn by an artist who had an understanding of archaeological ar- archetypes and actually tied them in with the de- decanic um, tradition. And with that system, that's how the images of the tarot were, were created. So a lot of people, they think tarot, they think astrology. This is so woo-woo. This is fortune-telling. Um, the next question you should ask them is, what is your study? What is your experience? How have you studied these traditions other than what someone told you? And you'll realize very quickly that they're just going off of what someone told them or what their tradition has instructed them over the years. And I'm not going to go into an apologetics of astrology, but there is actually a very interesting uh, thesis, PhD thesis, done by someone from the University of Toronto. I think find it online. Um, they studied the The history of astrology throughout Christianity and Western tradition, and why they actually banned it in the first place. And you can go find this for yourself in, the, in his thesis. But it's understandable that when you have a populace who can't read, write, um, think, or speak, sometimes that they were using astrology as a way back in the day to just explain away their problems without taking action. And the church was like, no, you actually need to take action. It's kind of opposite <laughs> from what today. You actually need to take action on, on your life. You can just like delegate your life to the sun, moon, and stars. So you can understand why back in the day they made this policy of no, like we're not going to um, engage in this, even though many people in the actual Bible were astrologers. For example, Daniel was an astrologer um, and there's you no, know, just like any field, there's people who are more connected to source and who are more accurate. And there are people who are less accurate and you have to be always very careful about who you're getting your information from. And what I have found in astrology that when you get your natal chart read, it's just advice. It's not... It's just a perspective and you have to filter that perspective through the lens of your own experience because ultimately your connection is one-on-one with God, universe, source. However, you can be in community with other people and get other people's perspectives. When you get other people's perspectives, that shadow can illuminate your own. So that is that. Um, Now going through how this can help our brand, I'm actually going to share a different screen which is my natal chart, sun, moon, and ascendant. There's many planets, but I'm just going to start here. So this is what the program I use, Astro Gold, and this is my natal chart. Uh, When you're new to astrology, applying to yourself or applying to your business, just start with the big three, sun, moon, and ascendant. I practice traditional astrology where I'm trying to practice traditional astrology, moving away from modern astrology. And in traditional astrology, the Ascendant was very powerful. A lot of times in modern astrology, when you open up the magazine or whatever, uh, when you're a teenager looking at Cosmo, You're like, oh, what's my what's my horoscope say? Those are based on sun signs, but it is actually much more nuanced than that. In traditional astrology, we use seven, seven planets, seven signs. In modern astrology, there's nine. And a lot of people use asteroids. I also use decans. It just depends on what speaks to you. Again, it's your relationship is personal, so everybody is a little bit different, but I think we can all agree on that sun, moon, and rising are the big three, with the rising being when you look at a horoscope, you should look through your rising sign because that is your ascendant at the time of your birth that really colors your life. So here I have this in symbols, we'll just use mine as an example. Transits are where the planets are right now. So I have transits on the outer and the blue ring. On the inner, I have what I was born with at nine fifty a.m. in York, Pennsylvania, January thirteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. So I was born um, with the sun in Capricorn, twenty-two degrees. That means when it gets to the thirty, it's going to shift signs. So twenty-two degrees of Capricorn in the eleventh house, and these all mean things, which we'll go over over the course of many episodes. The sun in the eleventh house means something. Um, in the fifth house, it's opposing my moon. Moon's in Cancer at six degrees in the fifth house, and my ascendant that's closely tied to your time of birth. That's why your time of birth is very important because this changes quite frequently throughout the day. I can just show you with the transits in a second. But I was born at ten degrees. Pisces in the morning, 9.50 a.m. So if I look at the transits here, which is going to be the outer wheel, you can see the ascendant right now when I pulled this. This was 10.07 a.m. The ascendant was at four degrees of Cancer. So if I, let's just do this by hours. So at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time is at 17 degrees. And you see in about two hours, we're now in Leo. So this shifts every two or so hours, the ascendant. We go around and then the moon also moves pretty quickly the sun moves about every month and then you have different planets that all have different timelines so when we think about the big three um these can influence the way we act as individuals and when you realize and haven't studied astrology before but when you realize oh my sun and moon and the sun and how they interact you're like oh my god this is really true and a lot of times it could be cognitive or like a confirmation bias you see what you want to see because (laughs) you're getting information and you want to confirm the bias that you already have. But there's some where it's like, this cannot be explained by anything else in my natal chart. Like This is so true. It's so specific. And I don't know. i run off of data and what I see. When I see something, I see something and that's it. There's no other explanation except for the natal chart. So, how can we use our natal chart in our brand and business strategy? Uh, again, like no pe- two people are alike, no two businesses are alike. And this can be called astrographics, which is astrology based psychographics, where you can use these symbols to help you form your life and your business in an authentic, um, individual way so that you find your place in the collective and you contribute your part in the best way you can to so someone else can contribute theirs. Uh, How to read your sun, moon, and rising. So I'll end this episode here just so you have something to think about. I'll also show you, if you don't want to pay for the Astro Gold program, which is the professional program, I'll show you another resource where you can get this for free and how to use that. Um, But just starting with the sun, moon, and rising, they all have different attributes. And like like a musical instrument, the, the more you tune into the attributes of these different planetary archetypes, the more you're aware of those and the more you can be proactive about how to use these in your life. So I think for today, we just want to be able to access this. And if you had homework, just knowing where's my sun sign, where's my moon sign, where's my ascendant, knowing your time of birth, that can sometimes um, take a while to get. And if you do not want to get the Astro Gold program, which again is the professional program, Another place that you can go that I really like is right here, called Astro Charts. Uh, so you can put in the same information. My name is Jackie. You're Pennsylvania. Data for a time of birth. You can create charts, and it will give you the planets here. So I speak in whole sign houses. Um, there's a modern default, and then whole sign here, and there's different settings here that you can. Once you get used to it, you can apply. But the, really the setting that to be in alignment with what I'm speaking about is whole sign houses, traditional Hellenistic astrology. And you'll see sometimes um, planets will shift based on that. But really, if you're a modern astrologer and you really like um, the Placidus default, you can do that. It's really personal. What speaks to you as a person? Because we are all different. We all have a different vibration and different blueprint And it's going to speak to you differently. So when you pull up your chart, you can actually download this. You can see where all your planets are. You have all these aspects and patterns. And all of this can be used as a tool for reflection on yourself, how to incorporate yourself into your business and the like. So that's just an introduction for using astrology in your business, for your business and brand. And I want to set this foundation now So that moving forward, when I use this language more freely, we all have a common point of reference for how this can be used for yourself, your life, your family, your estate plan, and your business. So again, everybody, thank you for tuning in today. And I look forward to seeing you in our next episode that will go over how to use the sun sign in your natal chart in your business and brand. If this episode resonates with you, I invite you to like or subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful day.